everybody. This is The Simpson Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm pretty sure this episode broke Robbie's brain, so everyone just give, cut him some slack this week. It, it, it was a little rough. You know? I need I need all everyone I meet in the entire world at all times to extend me some grace. I need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm running on empty. Uh, this uh, end of the year, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be have a productive December." Yeah, right. It ain't happening. I'm like, I can barely function. Hi, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content for $5 a month. Gain access to that much, much more. We have someone to thank, Matthew. Ooh, fantastic. Greg Olson. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. This week's episode is The 10% Solution, which sounds uh, really, like, sinister, despite the fact this episode... I. <laughs> Like the title sounds, I that had not occurred to me at all. But now that you say that, I'm like, oh, all right, the ten percent solution, yikes! With crusty in it, I was just like, what is this? Okay, episode P A B F O two originally aired December fourth, twenty eleven, written by Dan Castellaneta and Debla Costa. Uh, oh boy, oh boy, oh, oh, oh gosh. I, I mean, if I was Dan Castellaneta, I'd be like, oh, you want me to keep doing the show? Give me writing credits. I want to write. All right, baby, like, okay. Uh, directed by Mike Frank Polcino, received a 5.2 rating with 9 million viewers. And now you might say, man, that seems like really high rating compared to lately. And I'd be like, the NFL led directly into this episode. Shocking. Hence yeah. the high rating. The chalkboard gag caucus is not a dirty word. It's, an, and, you know, I guess it's, I don't know. It, it's not quite, it's not really, I don't know. It's funny, but also why? This caucus, like, was there a thing going around at the time for about caucuses? I wish I could tell you. I was just thinking this happened, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember 2011. Um, the couch gag. A sword with the text property of Ned Flanders on it is playing in the couch a la Excalibur. Homer can't get it. Homer attempts to get it out, but Flanders pulls it out successfully and leaves. It's not a bad couch gag, but. It's not, actually. It's, it's relatively fresh and interesting. It's short, which uh, I did not expect from this episode. I really expected this episode to want a long couch gag. <sighs> no, you need to get as much Joan Rivers in this as you can, Matt, because that's what this yes. is. That's all this episode is. Uh, this episode guest stars Kevin Dillon as himself, Janine Garofalo as herself, Jackie Mason very briefly as Rabbi Krostovsky, and finally... Uh, real quick, who is Kevin Dillon? Kevin Dillon is... Uh, he's in Entourage. He's the... He ha- oh, yes, yes. Yep, I remember now. Thank you. Kevin, brother of Matt Dillon. Um, mm-hmm. Both actors been in many 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 things um and finally joan rivers is annie dabinsky who is the featured guest character in this and i don't like joan rivers or didn't like joan rivers pretty sure joan rivers has passed by this point right Mm -hmm. i haven't made that up have i i don't think so i think you're right no yeah she died in 2014 so only a few years after this um i didn't like her that much before and now I hate her, or hate I hate their memory of her. I can't. This is terrible. Uh, <laughs> this episode is so grating, mostly because of Joan Rivers. 
Uh, and the mm-hmm. character, the quote-unquote character of Annie Dominsky. She has no character. She is just there. She is just a vehicle to get as many lines out of Joan Rivers on Into the Simpsons as possible. That is all I can take from this. Because there is mm-hmm. nothing of consequence that happens in this entire episode. It is a rehash of a rehash of a plot of, oh, Krusty, got, Krusty gets fired. Yeah, we've seen that they did this plot 20 years ago. And it was 10 times better. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to try not to get angry. I'm going to be calm. Ooh, good luck with that. Episode begins with uh, itchy and scratchy cartoons. Three of them in a row. Because, as we find out, they are... They don't want Krusty on t- on television. The producers, execs around the Krusty show, I guess. So they're trying to push him out. They're trying to use the airtime for things that are more popular. So we get three quick itchy and scratchy gags. And there's a, a joke sandwich in there about long production times about uh, cartoons and how parodies don't work because it takes too long to produce cartoons. I see what you're doing there, Simpsons. Um, Krusty complains about all this. And this takes forever, by the way. This first act feels oh, eternity. This first bit is just goes on and on and on. And the second act is just a flashback for the entire time. Like, it's just... <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. I mean, that's what you, you just like. I am just staring at the clock this entire time. I'm like, what is taking? Where, where are we going? What is happening? This, it's just things happening. It's just stimulus. It's just like stimulus the show. It's not this. It's really I, I don't even know what to call this is this the simpsons i don't know the simpsons are kind of in the show like and i'm not the one to complain about f- focusing on guest stars but guess ca- like crusty not any dabinsky um we now we go back the family is watching crusty marge pulls them the kids away from the television because they're going to the M- museum of television we've been here before it's an excuse to have a bunch of gags related to tv properties they go do it again uh, it's closing apparently. Do we know why? Did they say why it's closing? Does it matter? I don't think so. No, whatever. Uh, but it's closing. Uh, we get jokes about the skeletons of the st- three stooges, and then we get jokes about the honeymooners because we see a display about Fatso Flanagan, uh, home one of Homer's favorite shows, even though we've never seen it mentioned before. Uh, who? Okay, who cares? Um. So we have here. I have a clip. It's the Simpsons meet Annie at the museum after this Flatso Flanagan stuff, and then Krusty gets fired. The size forty-eight. That's when he was the funniest. How would you know? I was Fatso's agent, Annie Dabinsky. If you ever hear a star's name and wonder is he dead, the answer is either I represent him or yes. Well, let me ask you something. Is there a place for an old-fashioned lardass like me on today's television? Um. Did you play a bloated corpse on CSI? Would I? Wow, that's good bloat work. He always comes back really religious. You're killing me here with this catchy and patchy. I'm barely on my own show. Today's kids are uncomfortable with a clown whose every reference they have to look up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, Twitter, who names these things? Percy Dove Tonsils? <laughs> Get it? Come on, he was... On Ernie Kovacs with the smoking jacket. Krusty, we want to make some changes. What kind of changes? Krusty, um, this is never easy, but you're fired. Oh, that was easy. Oh, no. My contract states there's only one way you're allowed to fire me. Get 
hope everything's nice and legal. There's a further gag here about Krusty getting fired into another cannon and the cannon, that cannon firing him back into this cannon. Also, I'd like to say that uh, they could have stopped while saying that, oh, kids today are uh, nervous about watching the clown. You didn't have to say anything about the references. Kids don't like clowns anymore. Clowns are awful. I don't. At this point, like, okay, I've never seen this episode before about like all these episodes now. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that Joan Rivers is in this episode and Krusty, from reading the very brief uh, synopsis last week, I know that, oh, Krusty and her had a a past. Like, that's all I know. Krusty gets fired and she has, he has a past with his agent. So I'm like, well, what's, what is it going to, and like, oh, he has a, we're doing another comeback thing. Okay. And like, I expected i don't even know what, how that's possible at this point like my expectations are so low now i expected more <laughs> the, the, from this um this is like the, the bottom of the barrel this is so every joke in this is like the hackiest lowest hanging fruit uh i don't know if they wrote for joan rivers or if they asked her to write some of this or to improv some of it i don't know um anyway it's all very sad because we meet annie the simpsons meet annie crusty is fired out of cannons multiple cannons and we have a scene where crusty goes to his agent uh the agent leaves him both in friendship and in as a manager um then we cut to the simpsons at crusty burger where they meet crusty who is crying in the ball pit i could like there are I want to, what I want to do is I want to say why, but I would be saying why for every scene. I have no idea why anything is happening. <laughs> you know, I don't know why, why is Krusty in the ball pit? He didn't get kicked out of his house. Like this is, he, he he's has rich. He still has I mean, money. Yeah. Like why is he in a ball pit at a Krusty burger? They don't explain it because they don't want, they don't, they're, they never stop and establish the why or foundation. There's never a character reason. Anyone does anything. Things are just happening because because Dan and Deb, they said it happened, so it does. Um, Krusty's in the ball pit. Talks to the Simpsons for a while. They mentioned they met Annie. He needs a new agent. They met Annie. Isn't that a nice coincidence, Matt? Wow. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. They go to her office, and we find out that Annie hates Krusty. Oh, this is a bad sign. I'm in the classier gas stations. <laughs> I know that laugh. It's the laugh of the most ungrateful, credit-grabbing, other people's room service any man that I ever met. I will never forgive you for what you did to me. Krusty, you know her? She sure knows me. I mean, I feel that's most people's responses to Krusty in this day and age, so... Hmm. I did it's what also it's very obvious he knows who she is in the next scene so why does he say well it's obvious she knows me you know her i just that that they need, need they needed a punchline to end the act on that that they went they were gonna oh we're throwing a commercial we need to have a joke here we need to have some, a stinger we need to have something and they're like oh i'll have a joke with crusty not remembering who this person was even though they had an established relationship and he she literally helped start his career that's because that's what they basically say. He, she got him his first big, like she gave him the impetus to get his big first break, even though that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we go to our first commercial, eight minutes and 32 seconds. I cannot emphasize enough. This eight minutes and 32 seconds feels like 50 minutes. It feels like three hours. It is eternity. 
Oh yeah, and when we come back, we get extremely. Long. I almost, I, I tried to capture just the flashback portion of this, but it ended up being half the act, so I had to cut a little bit. But we'll start out with any straight up right away, just telling them how they met. No, no shenanigans or anything. Just straight up giving it like it is. Mr. Binsky, can you please just tell us why you hate Krusty? Come on in. It's a long story. Oh, now I hate him too. It was the mid-60s. I was a virgin agent looking for a first client or a fourth husband, and then I saw him. Hey, hey, scary world. We start with the A-bomb, then skip right to the H-bomb. These geniuses can blow up the planet, but they don't know the alphabet. <laughs> I knew he could be big. He just needed some savvy fingers to mold his clay into an alley. Herschel! You killed him tonight. <laughs> there wasn't a dry turtleneck in the house. But mark my words, the bohemian crowd is small potatoes. You're going to have to broaden your act if you want to play in Peoria. I don't want to play in Peoria. They're always doing construction on Highway 74. I mean, if you want to hit it big, you got to lose this. Stick this on and make your comedy a touch more physical. How do I do that? Like so. No! <laughs> 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 this is the best kind of comedy of all. Cheap! Herschel, you are going to get everything you want. Money and women. There's only one thing I want. Ice for my ding-dong. And you... And it gets worse after that. So we see Annie is the one who put him onto the whole clown shtick. She is the reason he's like that. So we can all blame her. I don't, Matt. Uh, but, oh, Matt. Are we? Do we not like? How much are we expecting them to stick to? Like we joke about the canon all the time, but mm-hmm. it's pretty firmly established. Like Krusty was doing clown stuff as a child. Uh huh. That, no, no. Now, in, th- in this reality, he was a stand-up comedian, a bad one in the 50s when she discovered him. Or the 70s. We're not quite sure 100% because, you know, sliding timeline and all that. Well, this is the 60s. They establish it's literally the 60s, which, again, makes no sense. They literally have Seymour in – they have Skinner in the audience of this. How old is <laughs> Seymour Skinner? It is 2011. He's a, he is a he's wearing a military uniform. He's wearing an army uniform in the crowd of this crusty stand-up show in the sixties, meaning he's at least eighteen years old. How old is Skinner? Is he in his seventies? Uh, obviously, of course. He he and Flanders are taking the same drugs. <laughs> it's, it's just. Do we not? Do we just not care? Do does time matter? Do we just go like? It's there's one thing to just like oh we're not gonna put it we we won't say when this is we will have some talks about beatniks and 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 mention jokes of of an era like referencing uh, nuclear bombs but it's a different thing to say this is the sixties and then to put Skinner in the audience right there with uh. There's a uh, there's a little there's a young mole man in the audience. I don't know if you caught that. Like how like that's the thing. Like why are we? How old is Krusty? By the way, like is Krusty in his seventies? You know what, Robbie? Robbie, I'm gonna cut this off right here. 
It doesn't matter. It's stupid and pointless. Like, none of this... Like, can things just make sense, Matt? That's all I want. No, they, they can't. They uh, can't because that would require them doing too much work. It's just the... So... Uh, okay, here's the real thing. I, okay, that's... That's very nerdy of me to want them to be honoring all the very specific canon of the Simpsons established in the gold years. Okay, blah, 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 blah. I, I, can, I can deal with them rewriting things like that for a new episode. What I can't deal with is this incredibly explicitly laziness of Lisa. It's at the beginning of that clip you just played, Matt, where Lisa, walk, mm-hmm. Lisa, all just Lisa just says, Miss Dabinsky, can you tell us what happened? And you're like, why on earth, like, what, this lazy, like, no mystery, that she's, she's not, she's just like, yeah, I'm gonna spill my guts to this random family I met an hour ago at a TV museum. I'm just gonna tell them entire history of Krusty. And you're like, why can't we reveal this information in a more interesting way? Can't this mystery be carried through the episode a little bit more? Like, can you, piecemeal this information out so you can build some suspense about what happened between Krusty and Annie? Like, no, they just go, oh, here's all, this is all happened. Here it is. Here, just dump it on you. Just just dump a bunch of info on you, and we're going to paper it over with if some... It was, if it was shorter and the episode was about something else, I would be fine with them dumping on this this, this information on us real quick. Like, oh, how did you guys meet? Oh, I was his agent originally, and then he dumped me, and then we move on to an actual interesting plot. I mean, it's a little anticlimactic, but you know, whatever. But this goes on for a really long time and is completely unimportant to the rest of the episode. You could you could stop, and the next scene, the next scene is Krusty saying, "Oh, I'm dumping you for so and so, this other agency," uh, and that's it. That's that's why she hates it. But they go even further than that. Like it's it goes on for a long time. Like this act is what six minutes long, and four of it is just a flashback of how they met. Yeah, and it's not, none of it's like meaningful. It's all just yeah, they were together, and she helped make him a clown, even though that doesn't make any sense in the context of all of this. Like, all, it, none of this makes any sense. They just say, "Oh, it it, it makes sense because we say so." You're like, okay, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so, like I said, uh, after that clip ends, we see Krusty decides to go uh, for another agent who's gonna. He expects to make him more money. Uh, he dumps Annie. Uh, Krusty begs for forgiveness on his. <laughs> He says something about his knees being awful and old, which, yeah, I get it. Everyone in this is ancient. We get it, okay? Uh, Annie agrees to take him back. There's no thinking about this, no crusty promising to do anything. We don't know, just because, Robbie, you know exactly why. Because the writers say so. The plot requires it. The plot requires it. Like, you would think Uh this would be... Here, man, I'm going to... Here, here, spoiler alert, we're going to have to fix this thing because it's a mess. I'm, of course. We'll do it as we go. Right at this moment, Annie goes, I'm I will I will be your agent, but I'm not gonna forgive you. Right? And the 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 whole rest of this episode, you have stakes because Krusty Ooh. wants forgiveness. It's not enough he just it's not that oh Annie wants he wants Annie to be he wants an agent. He now he and we have multiple moments where Krusty has fond memories of his time with Annie. He's not just an emotionless clown robot who just wants money and drugs. He remembers the good times with Annie, and maybe, oh well, maybe I could we could bring come back with that. But I need forgiveness for her to move on. He and 
she doesn't be just settle into a relationship right away. We have this very business relationship where Krusty mm-hmm. wants to be in a relationship with her, a, a romantic one, and then he goes, no. Why would I do that? And so that is the stakes for the rest of this episode is Krusty trying to earn her forgiveness and try and earn and her love. The thing about that is it feels like that was the plot at some point because the way the episode ends, you'd think that was the plot. But everything in between the end and this has nothing to do with that. And that's what makes it bad, among other things. But that's one of the many things that makes it bad. But we'll it, get to that. We'll get to I that. I mean, honestly, Matt, I can forgive lots of the bad things. Like, this reliance on, like, they obviously just want a lot of Joan Rivers, so they just let her have a lot of lines that aren't really necessary. If there was simply, if there was stakes, there's, if there's something on the line, there's no conflict in this. I write this down. There's no struggle, no conflict. And he just goes, okay, you're back. And now we're, and then, and, and you're about to talk about him getting another show, but it's immediately successful. There is no, like, there's never any tension or worry. Oh, is Krusty going to have a comeback? Is it going to work? Like, think about the Krusty comeback special. There's all this, like, question of, like, am I going to, do people still want me? Do people still want this type of show? And he goes back. We have, and there's, he has to go around and recruit all of these celebrities to be on the show with him. And each one, it's like little quests, right? And every single one, he has to convince them. He has to tell, you know, oh, please do it for me. Do it for this reason, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And because like there's tension and struggle and conflict and you're not sure if it's going to work, you want to keep watching. It pulls you through the show, but instead you get this boring mess when things just happen with no, there's no conflict. There's no tension. It's terrible. Like it's just so boring. It, this feels like a child wrote it where there's like this happens and then this happens. And then Krusty goes to talk to the lady and you're like creative writing one one. This is simple stuff. This is not complicated. Well, apparently it is, mm. or at least to someone who's studied writing, probably knows all this to somebody who is, you know, probably spends all their time doing other stuff and happens. And, you know what? I've been doing this for a long time. Maybe I'll try writing. I, I, I honestly don't know what like what the writing process is at the point at this point in The Simpsons. But it feels like this again, like that, uh, that the video essay we watched, Matt, you know, for a bonus episode on our Patreon mm-hmm. uh, where he talks about just it's just. You're just getting punched in the face with quote unquote jokes, and there's no thought about anything behind it. Let's move as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, Ugh. sorry. Annie takes him back. Uh, she gets him a gig doing all of his old famous bits on stage at a, li- a live theater uh, show uh, because nostalgia is what rules the day. And this was the one part of the episode where I thought, okay, that is insightful. What people want now is the same thing they wanted as a kid. It will make them feel young again. And I was like, oh, are the Simpsons going to say something about this? No, this is the end of it. It's just that that's what exactly what happens. Krusty goes on stage. He brings back a bunch of his old guest stars who hate him uh, for being typecast uh, and does the same bits he did when he was first starting out. But everyone loves it because, again, they were kids when – this stuff came out, so it's very nostalgic for them. And the last scene in this is Krusty and Annie making out. They have already completely made up personally and professionally, and they're making up and they're making out and making up, and their makeup just transfers between each other. And it's it's a completely unfunny gag that we end the act and go to commercial with. Isn't it funny? The lady they're saying that the lady has clown makeup too, Matt. 
Ha, 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 ha. The lady has a lot of the older lady has a lot of makeup on, and so it rubs I'm off. I'm shocked. And they trade. I, they come. We come back from commercial. Fourteen minutes to thirty-one seconds. Um, Krusty's a success again. Like it's just it's just that quick. Like there's no again no conflict, no struggle with any of this. It just happens. Krusty's back on top. So a premium cable network comes and makes an offer. This is a the, again. This is the laziest support man toes. Uh, HBO time. Oh yeah. HBO time. I mean, they predicted Max a decade ahead of time. HBO time comes and makes them an offer. Uh, and we have a meeting with these HBO execs where Krusty makes a promise. Our premium cable network is a little different from what you're used to. Our brand is classy and upscale. And we pay for everything with soft porno and boxing. Wait a minute. There's soft porno? And here you don't have to worry about budgets. And the critics are in our pocket. Even the Boston Phoenix? If not, we'll burn it to the ground. And that will be the end of that Phoenix. All good. I just have one non-negotiable demand. This brass begonia here is my producer. Now, until the end of time. Really? Yep. And you know that anything said at a network pitch meeting can be taken to the bank. Ha ha. Ha ha. So what they're trying to build, I think... This is all me. I think all I should just say that like that should be appended to literally every statement I say because <laughs> I really don't know this whole. You watch this twenty minutes; it is a baffling experience. But I think it, they're trying to build the fact that oh, Krusty is inevitably going to betray Andy again. That is what I'm guessing they're trying to build to. Like oh, it's only a matter of time. Krusty is going to betray her again. I don't care though. Like that's the thing. Like and yeah, I don't. I don't want. I don't care about Annie. Annie seems like a bad person. She's annoying. Like, that's the thing. They make the, they make her annoying, and she has no characterization. Like, what does she want? What does she want? Does she want to be a success again? Does she want romance again? Oh, no, she's just a joke machine with Joan Rivers as the voice. Like, that's all it is. It's like, here, write some gags that are Joan Rivers-esque. Just be Joan Rivers. And you're like, well, you have to surround the story. You have to surround the story with something. She's just, there's just nothing here. Um, so Krusty has an HBO show now. What is the show? I don't know. We don't know. We never actually see a whole show of it. We don't know what it is. It's just he has one. Um, and it's this point where Annie becomes a different person. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. Yes. This, up to this point, she has been annoying not a very interesting character, but not mean to anybody. She's just been a typical, what you would think a Hollywood agent would be like. That's the kind of person she's been. And now she goes off essentially the deep end. It is the weirdest thing. She becomes a maniac, uh, like megalomaniacal boss monster, effectively just running, screaming at everyone on set for lots of different reasons. Some are reasonable, like, yeah, you shouldn't paint the background of a set the same color as the coast's, the host's hair. That is very yeah. that's, that's a smart you shouldn't do that. She's right to say that. Um, but then she just yells at a monkey and you're just like, oh, why is she like this? They just she just has a sudden personality shift. There's no reason for any of this. And so Krusty has a meeting with the execs and they want her gone. What's going on, yanking me out of my schwitz? I look like an unwrapped mummy. Ooh. Idea for sketch. Rapping mummy. Notorious T-U-T. It writes itself. Find someone to write it. Where's Annie? Annie is what we need to discuss. She's out of control. She called a network vice president unhip. 
and he reads GQ. And he's straight. And recently, we had this incident. Wait, what are you doing? She claimed this intern sharpened her pencil too pointy. Oh, I see what's going on here. If a woman does it, she's a bitch. But in a man, those traits would be considered... That hallway looks familiar. I'm only getting college credit for this. My legs! So why should I... So if what the quote-unquote plot is, the conflict, is that I'm worried Annie's going to get fired... I want Annie to get fired. She just ran over someone with a golf cart. She's a monster. Like, what? <laughs> she's supposed to be sympathetic. What is this? Who, what, what's, I don't know what's happening, Matt. I don't know what's going on. Annie is now a different person. We get our final commercial. And you're like, wait a minute. How do we, are we, we're wrapping this episode up? Yep, we're wrapping this episode up. We got our final commercial, 18 minutes to 23 seconds. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a quick one. I almost captured all of this act as well because, it doesn't there's not a whole heck of a lot goes on uh so we from this point we go to the crust the, the taping for what i assume is crusty's first show uh of course the simpsons are in the audience that's a whole bunch of springfield elite i i guess this hbo time has offices in springfield because everyone from springfield is there uh crusty is supposed to come out and talk with the audience he doesn't because i i i don't know because that's that's funny to hollywood types but anyway uh, at this point, we have the showdown of when everyone gets to see Annie for who she is and what comes of it, and it is mind-blowing. And now, the clown that never lets you down, Krusty the Clown! Hey, hey, premium cable subscribers! Tonight, we've got the cast of the hit Boardwalk Vampire! We've also got Janine Garofalo. Wait a minute. We have very specific language in our contract saying no guests who are funnier than Krusty. Janine has promised to be strictly angry and polemical. And I'll keep my promise, like Obama did with Guantanamo. (laughs) Oh, that's funnier than I can ever hope to be. Sorry, Janine. Grab some shrimp and go. You can fill your stupid beret once. Burn on you. I brought my expandable beret. Exactly the kind of meddling that only we're allowed to do. Fire her as we discussed. Don't make us threaten you. Krusty, why did you tell them? I I did that laugh that people interpret any way they want. (laughs) I thought that laugh meant I love you. It can. Well, there's no room for waffling anymore. You're with me forever or never. Which is it? (laughs) Fuck that. When you said, well, Annie... I think you know my answer. Wow, Krusty. Adjusting for age. That was amazing. Hey, hey. And the best thing is, I kept my word and I got a new show. And that is the end. That is, um... They, yeah. No, uh, the no, the they, new show is... They have uh, a show, sorry, Matt. Yes, Sex After 60. What's the subtitle, Robbie? I forget. I don't, Matt. I don't. What? Like, who cares? Like, I, what, I what, know, what, I know. What, like, mm-hmm. that is, I mean, that is what, it ends on a, a shot of them going under covers together. And so, Krusty left his HBO show because he didn't want to fire Annie. So he's so he stayed loyal to her. That is, I think, 
supposed to be the impactful thing that happened at the end of this episode. Um, my, I wrote down what the hell was that? Cause that's what this episode is. What the hell was that? This is that like crusty action dot gif. Like what the hell was that? What is this? What is this? Sh- like crusty doesn't fire Annie. Why? She's a monster. She turns into a monster on the, on the, like, you know, just inexplicably on a, in a moment's notice, like no reason, um, because the plot dictates it, like everything else. Jeannie Garofalo is here. Why? Why is Jeannie Garofalo here? Why is Annie on, like, why does she come onto the stage to be, like, visibly, to be on camera? Like, they don't, they don't build any of this because so much happens in this episode and they never build, like, oh, what's the actual conflict? What's it, what's at stake? What's the, it's, and like, here, going back to, okay, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Matt, ask the question. Robbie, is this episode incredibly broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. And, like, I, again, Matt, this, like, re- like here, the problem with this is, like, I would never make this episode again. I, w- I want to say that we've had Krusty get fired and have a comeback special. That episode is way better than this one and is probably going to be way better than anything anyone else could make ever again. So you don't do it again. You think of something else to do. But I, we've already kind of laid the groundwork, right? Krusty needs to earn her forgiveness. How does he do that? And again, it's very simple. It's not complicated. Like you have, you can do this the same way. Like you have him do this nostalgia show for adults. And I think what you, you said this earlier, like that's could be actually fascinating. Like to have bring up some themes about, Oh, the, you know, people our age, they just want, we just want nostalgia, right? Empty, empty nostalgia, even at some point, like it's just him repeating old jokes and they, they cheer because it's something they remember from their childhood when life was simpler. And you could lace in some stuff along the lines with that. But ultimately you have him work his way back to success with Annie's help. And Annie can't be a maniac. Annie has to be level-headed and rational and have good ideas. Probably better ideas than Krusty have. You have you have to have Krusty be an idiot. Krusty got fired. Why did he get fired? To make that he needed help, I guess. Well, he, he got fired. Here, this is the thing, Matt. This is a part of the plot. Krusty got fired because he he didn't adapt he kept the same shtick going for 50 years, and the kids were getting tired of it. The ratings were going down. So you have any adjust, help him, coach him, help craft the show along the way. And it's like it's and you have Krusty on his best behavior. You have like the problem is there's just not time, enough time for this actual plot. But whatever, who cares? Um, you have Krusty reminisce, think about the good old days, keep trying to be his best self. Um, but turn after turn, he has temptation. Right, uh, mm-hmm. both uh, away from Annie romantically, probably, and business temptations of finding maybe his old agent comes back and says, "Oh, Krusty, you're doing a great job. I can get you good money." You you have like it similar to his the the stand up episode, right? It's similar in that way. Like that's the thing you're just poaching ideas from old Krusty episodes at this point, but there's not much other way to do it. They've already covered all this stuff before, but it's honestly it's just. You come back, the climax, like the big climactic moment is Krusty having to choose between Annie, staying with Annie as his agent, nothing to do romantically. Maybe you're going to have a moment where Annie says, I'm not interested in you romantically. And then Krusty gets this, tempta- this temptation, this offer to be 
change agents again. And and Krusty says, well, I don't, I'm not going to hook up with her anymore. There's no chance of that. So why am I st- sticking with her as an agent? But ultimately, he chooses to stick with her anyway as just an agent. And Annie's expecting the opposite. And they have a good moment. And blah, 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 blah. He gets his old show back. I don't know. Like, it's they don't bother. They, there's no ending to this, by the way, Matt. Like, when... There's no ending to this. They just have this new show. What happens to the Krusty show? Is it gone forever? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. That's the thing. We don't even bother getting back to the status quo. This is just like, this is the worst of this, like, where they don't even care about getting back to the status quo. Like, they don't even care about the formula of the show anymore. They just have stuff happening. And you're like, it's not like this continues. I know they don't have a Joan Rivers and Krusty show for the rest of time. This is forgotten about after this episode. But that's how you mm-hmm. actually write a plot. Like, I don't... like, And the, the problem is, Matt, if this was filled with hilarious jokes, I'd forgive a lot of it. Did you laugh at anything in this episode? Not even a little bit. Not even a little. I had the same. It's, it's, this episode's... Inc- like, I don't know if I was bored. I was mostly just confused. Just 20 minutes of confusion. I'm going, what's going... Like, I don't know what's... I never know what's happening. It's just a lot of stuff. Like, oh, Krusty is a comebacks. He's doing it like a peewee thing. Oh, no, he has an HBO show. Oh, and he's running, yelling at a chimp. Oh, Gene Garofalo's here. Like, oh, this is also where we see a Kevin Dillon appearance where, because Krusty has Kevin, the, the cast of Entourage as his interns. The, they have a lot of H, they fit in HBO jokes in here too about The Wire and Mo. Mo oh, lot, I forgot about those. Mo yeah. lied about watching The Wire. Mo, watch the wire. Uh, I I cut that out in the in the middle of the clip because it was so pointless. But I mean, like, it is pointless, man. But I do. You should watch the wire. Wire's great. It's a great show. Um, I would say it's the best HBO show. The the best show HBO has made ever. Well, yeah, I would probably. I don't know. Sopranos. Sopranos. You probably have an argument with the Sopranos. Game of Thrones until the the bad the badness. You know, the last couple mm-hmm. last couple mm-hmm. of seasons. Um, I don't know. That's how you fix it. I don't think it's that complicated, though. Like, this writes itself. The, the problem is it's already been written. Why did? Why on earth did you write a crusty episode that's already been done? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm all riled up. I just, I just want to... I'm sorry. I know, Robbie. I know. And that's it. We can move on. That's it. Are you sure? Are you sure you're ready or you want to vent some more? No. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from this group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments News Group is where I ask our supporters on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show to leave their review of an episode and I read them on the air. First from Tim. Wasn't as terrible as I had feared, but at the same time, this was completely unnecessary. Plot of Krusty Gets Cancelled had already been done in a much better way, similar to the plot of him being a cutting edge comedian. I do like the itchy and scratchy cutaways, however, you can do it again, but one needs to build on the earlier efforts, not pretend they never happened. I'm afraid this is going to be one of those, what happened in that one episode, fairly quickly, as it's been barely 12 hours since I watched this, since already it's something of a fog. Number 367, not canon. That's probably a reasonable prediction, Tim. Uh, and this will absolutely be one of the ones where we're like, which one is that? Oh, it's the one with, it's the Joan Rivers episode. That's that's what's going to happen, Matt. Like in three months' time, we're going to go the ten. We're going to be on the list, and we're going to see the ten percent solution. And you're going to go, or I'm going to go. What was that one? And you're like, oh, uh-huh. it's the Joan Rivers one. And you're like, oh, right, that one. Uh, from Dara, most comments about the wire made me laugh. I'll leave it at that. Seventh best episode of season twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> 
from Derek. Oh, joy. Another Dan and wife pen spectacular. These are always especially terrible. This time, Krusty gets canceled. No, that's happened before, surely. You can call the entire series Zombie Simpsons at this point, but this overused premise died a slow death a long time ago. That's very obvious here. Glad they haven't invented the smelly yet. Oh, it's just so boring. Couldn't care less about Krusty's relationship with what's-her-name. Watched this yesterday, and I'm really struggling to remember anything. I think I fell asleep, so I have no idea how it ended. I'm sure it turned around, and this is the Dan and Wife's magnum opus. Laughing, crying emoji. I will add the emoji. Emojis don't translate into podcast very well from jj finally this was so boring there's nothing here it's painfully unoriginal they've even done the museum of television before there's no jokes and and, and uh Annie going crazy in the second half is so jarring because there was no foreshadowing at all she was written like a perfectly normal person up to crust against this new show and there's no resolution the ending of this makes the ending of Dudas bus look like high art there's a kernel of a good idea in Krusty rebranding his material to be aimed at adults who are nostalgic for whatever what they enjoyed as a child, especially now when everything from my childhood is getting rebo- is getting rebooted. But they were too lazy and rushed this. Wish that endless parade of itchy and scratchy cartoons at the start it kept going for the whole episode. Yeah, I yeah that's that's what it should have been. Instead of you cut to Krusty in the middle of those itchy and scratchy cartoons, you cut to Matt Groening or Al Jean. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, where? Why are they, these itchy and scratchy cartoons taking over my Simpsons? Well, because they're more entertaining. Because they're they last a minute and they then they're over. <sighs> That's it for our comments and news. Thanks everyone who watched this episode with us. I feel your pain. Uh, if you'd like to join our cavalcade of calamity or parade of pain, just uh, join our Patreon at any level. It's Patreon.com/slash Show. Links in the show notes. We move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite commercial of all time? All time, favorite commercial. Lots of good answers. Matt, take it away. It's going to be a tough one here. Um, Let's see. First up from Dara, Orlando Jones in the 7-Up commercials. Yes, I bought a Make 7-Up Yours t-shirt from Spencer Gifts in 1999. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those were the cool ones for a while. Uh, from Tim, more than a dozen years after its release, the Snuggie ad remains as the most over-the-top commercial for a product that is simultaneously ridiculous, unnecessary, delightful, that never fails to start a conversation. The ad seemed to invent a cult of people wearing 100% fleece all in the same color, but in two, count them, two different sizes. You can get one, two. Operators are standing by. They probably still are. Uh, from Andy, in the late 80s, there was a great Micro Machines commercial with Motormouth John Moshita. Hope I'm saying that correctly a close second is the slim jim commercials with the macho man snap into a slim jim probably would you like to do your, your macho man the macho man oh yeah snap into a slim jim beautiful robbie beautiful uh next up from mike i'm going with the classic campbell soup melting snowman i love the snowman entering into the house eating the soup and melting into a boy that that was a good one that was on my list too uh, from Rachel, the Diamond Shreddies campaign from the early 2000s. So silly, but brilliant. I remember many people talking about it at the time. Robbie, do you know what this is, or is this a international thing? I'm pretty sure this is not a... If it is, it's either one of two things, man. I'm guessing it's international. That or, sounds Australian to me, Diamond Shreddies. It could be. It could be British, Canadian, whatever, uh, obviously. But that's my guess. Also, it might just be we're old. It also those are the that, two yes. those are the only two explanations for things if we don't understand them either they didn't happen in the u.s or we're old <laughs> okay fair enough yeah 
Uh, next up uh, from Derek, my favorite ads are the ones that are actually so crap they leave me mesmerized. There was a Trivago ad, a hotel compare snap during the pandemic of all things that had the worst acting. It had this woman with this clearly dubbed voice acting, all shot or clearly dubbed voice acting, all shocked that this woman beside her got a better deal because she used the Trivago app. The way she exclaims, "Wait, what?" is so bad it made me and my mummy burst out laughing, and we quoted ever since. Ads can make the best memories. That's yeah. Usually it's the really bad ones, the ones that make you go. Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense that actually you remember. I believe mine is one of those. Uh, for Mitch 100, any male of a certain age from Australia would recall this ad. The late 80s were an interesting time, is all I can say. Ant's Pants ad, 1989. It's worth checking out on YouTube, but maybe slightly not safe for work. I mean, it's from Australia, so I assume everything there is not safe for work. Uh, from Aaron, the Tootsie Pop commercial with Mr. Owl is the best of all time. There's a reason it aired for 30 years. Definitely not wrong there. Uh, from Richard, it's a pillow, it's a pet, it's a pillow pet. The great thing is the product was actually as cool as they made it seem. <laughs> I think that's a little after my time. I don't remember pillow pets. Do you, Robbie? No idea. All right, fair enough. Uh, from Brian, as much as almost all ads are sterilized corporate slop, and as much as a lot of them are terrible to the point where about 150 of the thousands of ads in existence are actually good, I will confess my favorite one. Uh, 1-800-588-2300-Empire? Oh, okay. <laughs> Really, Day? Matt? Really? 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 I have, I have no idea what this is. It, you don't know this commercial? No, I have 1 no clue. 1-800-588-2300. Empire. Today. Nothing? Nothing, it's no. constantly. Mm. I don't even watch TV, and I know this one. I, I, I haven't watched TV since I was in college, which was 20-plus like years ago. So, Literally. Thanksgiving, you go to your, your dad's house. Television's not on. Well, one, I go to my sister's house where, uh, again, she doesn't have cable, so it's not TV. No, it's we watch Great British Bake Off. Um, but yeah, like, one eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire today. Nope, sorry, it's not uh, not one I've seen. <laughs> Shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Terry. As this is almost Christmas time, I always go on YouTube to watch my favorite ad that was made for the Buyers 2015-2017 Christmas Campaign, a retailer in Australia. These ads were made by a Melbourne ad company and Ardman Animation. It consists of four characters, an elf, a reindeer, a mouse, and an angel who either need to buy presents or fix something like the Northern Star so Santa can find his way. What made these characters even more special to me is that I got all four of them as Christmas ornaments, which are now my favorite Christmas decks and i get to annoy my kids each year by saying one of the reindeer's lines well that's a little bit fabulous <laughs> they also released a book one year in which when you use the app you can view the pictures from the book it would animate the pictures on your device my daughter loves this book and looks forward to putting it out on display yes i know the ad was designed to make you buy things from them which clearly did its job however this also brings me joy and excitement so it cannot be all that bad robbie what is your answer oh yeah we already said it oh yeah <laughs> Oh, the macho man, he's the cream of the crop, and he says he's snapping to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Oh, Matt, what's yours? I mean, that one's pretty far up there. Uh, I have a couple uh, that I, they, they rank pretty equally with me that I remember when I think of good commercials. Um, One is the Got Milk ad with uh, Aaron Burr. Uh, for some reason, that one just sticks in my head so close. If you, if you haven't... It, if anyone has ever seen this, it's all over YouTube. Uh, this is the reason I do Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton way before Hamilton came out. And really the only reason, because there's no reason anyone else should know that besides history majors. Uh, and then the second one is every Snickers commercial that says, you're not you when you're hungry. 
uh, because that is 100% true in my case. Never be around me when I'm hungry. Uh, I don't even like being around myself when I'm hungry. Uh, but mostly the the football player uh, who's not himself when he's hungry. Uh, it's a Snickers commercial, and I love Snickers, so that works out for me. Oh, yeah, Matt, you're uh, keeping up the milk propaganda. You shouldn't <laughs> Should not, no, you, you there's should no not reason drink to drink milk. milk. Do not drink it's, cow's especially beef milk. milk. Don't drink beef milk. Do not drink cow's milk. It's not good for you. For you. It's I mean, there's lots of things that need, are worse for you, you but you don't the need calcium. Milk, no. You don't need it. You can get it. If you want other, calcium, eat vegetables. You can get it from other sources. Oh, you. Oh, you. The Macho Man with your nutrition facts the today. The Macho Man <laughs> nutrition facts today. Oh, yeah. Mm. All right, I'm done. I'm going to destroy my voice if I keep doing that. Oh I mean, God. yeah, yeah. But I do love the Macho Man. Next week's question. What is your idea for a crusty episode? What's your idea for a crusty episode? Ooh, that is a tough one. Uh, hmm. See, let's see if we can get one that is not. Here, one. I, I want episodes that are not crusty has a comeback. Uh, or crusty uh, <laughs> becomes an edgy comedian. <laughs> Like obviously, nope, none of those. I think our I think our listeners will do better than uh, than the Simpsons have done recently. I I have no doubt of that. I'm trying to think of someone. I'm like, well, Krusty could do this, Krusty could do that. I guarantee you, it's nowhere near as good as what our readers will, or our listeners will come up with. Probably not. I'll post that on our subreddit, which is uh, reddit.com/r/slash. The Simpson Show. Post the link in the show notes to that. You can email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail dot com, or you can join a Patreon. Or I post it publicly so you don't even have to support us. And you can answer it there. But that is the best place to do it. I will say that. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. I have a three-point lead on Matt so far this season. But only three. Matt, I know. Matt keeps... I, I, I went golden years this year, this week, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Matt. Hit me with an easy question. All right. Your easy question. What does Homer invest in and lose a ton of money on in Homer versus Patty and Selma? Would it help if I told you what time of year this was? Uh, I mean, I think I know the answer, Matt. But yes, please tell me anyway. I'll take all your pity. Uh, this is uh, the episode begins in October. Ha is pumpkin. You are correct. I, yes. I'm pretty sure you do that anyway. I didn't know his pumpkins, but I was just like, is that the? It's the problem. Is it's one of those things where you're like, is that? Pumpkins? There's so many episodes you don't know what's what. There's pumpkins know, in that one. All right, in uh, your easy question, Matt. In days of wine and doses, who vows to get sober? Uh, I believe that's. Uh, wait, days of wine and doses. Um believe that's barney right that is correct it is barney okay. gumbel that episode is also written by dan castellanetta and dab lacusta oh yay okay yeah. all right your medium question what does homer promise to stop doing in exchange for patty and selma not being at the house after six what is repeat the question uh so in this episode homer tells Marge he will stop doing this in exchange for Patty and Selma not being at the house after six. Okay. Um, is it something with his underwear? I want to say it's that. I want to say it's something with his underwear. Like, he won't leave it hanging on the doorknob or something? I'm going to say that, Matt. I don't remember exactly. That's my guess. Uh, I'm sorry, to stop eating her lipstick. 
I knew it was something disgusting. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. I can't eating lip. I'll stop eating. Mm-hmm. Lip. He, he brushes it off of his teeth. Right, 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 right. Your meme question, Matt. What three things does Lisa say you can see from Mount Springfield? Oh gosh, um, I believe it is the tire fire. Uh, it is the nuclear power plant and hmm, um, the monorail. We got one out of three, Matt. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the squid port. Oh, the squid port. I forgot this is after the squid port. Okay. Squid okay. port, the old monorail. And the finally, the last one is the hardest one. It is the Play-Doh factory. Oh, I remember that now. Okay, okay. Where they okay. we need a that's we need a star shaped. I think. Mm, that's okay. They, and they cut okay. to the guy cutting a big thing. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, your hard question in the recess signups. If you'll recall, that as a plot point of the episode. What do Milhouse, Nelson, and Bart sign up for? They each sign up for a different sport or activity for recess slash PE. Uh, what do each of them sign up for? Um. Is that the one where Bart does dance? You're not going to answer that. Because um, I forget Correct, if that's... Is the, Bart, is the Bart dance... I forget if the Bart dance episode is in that one or if that's a separate episode where Bart does dance. I forget if that's the A-pot or B-pot. B-plot of an episode. It's always the one I never watched a lot of. Um, yeah, which episode is that? The, Bart dances with a, a mask. I always forget which episode that's from. Is that like the A-plot of an episode or is that the B-plot? Feel I feel like I'm... Again, Matt, I reiterate. This podcast has made me worse at trivia. I would know this answer before we started doing this podcast. Um, Nelson, for recess, does baseball, boxing, football, something. Obviously, like a big, like a normal kind of sport. Um, Let's say football. And Milhouse does kickball? No. Swimming. Swimming. And Bard does dance. I I don't think any of those are right. You are you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart does a type of dance, ballet specifically. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what I said. Mil- uh huh. I said uh, dance. Milhouse does baseball, and Nelson does taekwondo. Taekwondo. How does this elementary school? That's I guess the real question. Matt. How does this elementary school have access to all these extracurriculars? That is crazy. Plus one that is, I know, right? doesn't have any money, and they have taekwondo and ballet. I mean, if you have no money, Taekwondo is not bad. You, the kids buy the uniforms themselves, and that's really all you need as long as you have a certified instructor. You're not going to uh, get Baseball it. requires – no, no, of course you're not. But baseball requires a decent amount of equipment and a big field. Taekwondo, you just need some mats on the floor and some and a guy. Yeah, but one is a combat sport, man. You're not going to get little kids doing <laughs> combat. Like wrestling is as close as you're going to get, and wrestling is <laughs> – is there's no striking. Taekwondo, there's striking. You, one kid is mm-hmm. going to get their neck – chopped in half and then you're going to get a lawsuit from some angry parent baseball is very recognized mm-hmm. as a sport that that matters too like if there's oh, like, football is incredibly right. expensive but everybody has football because everybody wants football or wants access to even though schools don't do the elementary schools it's you're gonna be, never mind what am like what am i even arguing about your hard question matt in days of wine and doses we see moe's address what is it Mo's address. Uh, you know, I'm not going to waste time. I have no idea. 57 Walnut Street, Springfield, USA. Oh. Okay, then. It is on. It is seen on his on a, uh, on his mail uh, as he's 
creepily filming the the female uh, mailman. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the mailwoman. Uh, thanks for that, Mike Scully. I really love you. Really indulging on Mo being a pervert. It's really it really helped the show out. <sighs> Matt and I tied today one to one. Still have a three point lead on Matt. That's what I have to do every single week. I have to be diligent. Keep up with these devil. I'm gonna only do Dan, Dan and Deb episodes from now on. That. Oh, Robbie, why do you hate me so much? No, that I'm gonna veto that really hard right now. <laughs> you only get Dan Good and Deb. God, no. You only get Dan and Deb episodes. Watch them, Matt. And then you can study. I just told you the blueprint. You just gotta study those episodes. <laughs> just go watch all the Dan and Deb eps. So you feel about it. Um, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. Segment we're gonna end every single episode. With. It's time for best episode whatever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically so watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode's bad. Bad, 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 bad. I think, Matt... How bad? I think this is in the 400s, at least. I think it's down there, too. Honestly, it is... It is real bad. It is like there. It cannot be emphasized enough. There's nothing happens in this episode. Like they, Cressy gets fired for no reason. Gets rehired multiple times. Gets multiple shows for no reason. We have no stakes. There's no re. It's just Joan Rivers is here, and you're like, okay, why? Like, can you at least just have like a pretense of like a reason this guest character is important? Like, oh yeah, she she and Krusty dated in the '60s. You're like. Okay, that you just raised more questions than an- you didn't answer anything. You just made me go, "What? Why?" Um, okay, let me look at our terrible episodes. Um, <laughs> scroll way down there. Uh, let's see. There is. You can't always say what you want. I think that's better. Mm-hmm. Um, gone, Maggie, gone. Better. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Dangerous Curves. We're getting closer. I still think that's better than this that's one, That's better than this, Matt. I'd rather watch Dangerous Curves again. It is also inexplicable, um, but I think it's less painfully inexplicable than this one is, mm-hmm. probably because okay, it, the, the, it's not a retread, at least. Like, this is just true. A, I can't, we can't it, emphasize it does, enough, This it is does, just another episode that has been done before. The the reason I ask is because Dangerous Curse also tries to rewrite the Marge Homer history and the, the Ned history and all that. So that that there are some similarities there. How about the squirt and the whale with the whale blowing up? That's worse. I'll I'll say that. The squirt and the whale okay, is worse okay. than okay, this. Okay. I think the squirt yeah. and the whale is worse. The fool Monty. What is that? That was the one hey, we just did it and we're already going, which one is that? The Fool Monty? <laughs> really? What is that episode? <sighs> Like, it's close enough that it's literally in my search history that I've already done this before. Uh, oh, that was last season. Oh, that's where ba- Burns loses his brain. Oh, God. Uh, I think I would rather watch that again. See, I don't even remember this. Man. Um, <laughs> Burns attempts suicide. Bart, Burns friends with Bart. He loses his memory. He, like... Oh, right. You know. And then they... Uh, I, I still don't remember it, Matt. I literally don't remember this episode. We just watched it. It's last season, season 22. I don't remember it whatsoever. That's not good. Um, I, I'll i say that if I can't remember it, then this episode's better, uh, at least at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to probably lean on you. To Surveil with Love. Which one is that? Do you remember? 
is that the one where they have the the new surveillance uh, video of over the whole town, and it turns out they're actually a reality show or something like that? Seeps out of Homer's gym bag after bomb squad blows it up, and Springfield officials decide to suspend all civil liberties. Lisa dyes her hair. She, yeah, uh, that one's real bad. I don't remember. Again, I don't remember this. Uh, Nigel, uh, it's where Baker, they have a whole, oh, yeah. Eddie, oh, we have uh, Susie, they have a whole bunch Susie of CCTV or, cameras. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nigel Baker Butcher. Um, I think, I think I would put them, but I would put this episode between to surveil with love and the full Monty. I would say to surveil with love is better than this. I would rather watch uh, Survival Love again. I um, think that's a good. Yeah, I agree with Fool you. Fool Monty is kind of on the fence, but you're right; it's better than Squirt in the Whale. So I, I'm I'm willing to to go above Fool Monty because I, like I hate it, all of these episodes. Like, and I will never watch any of them again. I don't know. Like, what's the what, like? What's what are we like? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Okay, ten percent solution is a new number four twenty six on our best episode ever list. Right below, to surveil with love. Right above the full Monty. It's a new number. I think two thirty something on our. I need to update our post going years ranking, but it's low. It's in the two thirties. Um, oh boy. Uh, number one on our list is still Homer's enemy. Last place on our list is still Codependence Day. We're not done yet, though, Matt. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. That question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. <laughs> Dear God, yes. Get yeah, I mean, out of they, here. There's That's no. Possible. There's. You don't need to watch this. Goodbye. Fire the cannon. <laughs> Goodbye forever. God, what a terrible episode. Um, not definitely not a part of the cannon. What's the point? Like, what? What do you need from this? Oh, Joan Rivers is in it. Who cares? Who cares? There's jo- if you want to enjoy Joan Rivers, there's way there's a, she's was on television for and and did so many specials, was, did so much stuff. There, this is it, the bottom tier. This is like F tier Joan Rivers content. Go somewhere else for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna answer the same question. We're not done. We're gonna answer the same question about every episode as we work our way down the list. We are currently number one sixty eight, Matt, which is Burns of her coffin dare craft work. Oh. Now I want to go watch that episode. That's a great episode. We it's have a, to keep it. It's a good episode, yeah. Uh, great. Okay, Matt. Let's not go crazy. I don't know, it's not a, Okay, not great. Gra- okay. Great. It's enjoyable. I have it's good fun. memories It's of it. good. It's a good episode of The Simpsons. It stays. It's yes. Like, we have... I, good is not even the criteria for something in the canon. I want to emphasize that. This episode is good. It is funny. It is... That is not why it's in the canon, but it is a part of why it's in the canon. Um, but it stays for sure. Our next episode, Matt, next week, uh, which is appropriate uh, for the month we are in, um, because it is Holidays of Future Past. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's a a holiday episode. This is the, we flash forward episode, 30 years in the future. I've heard, I've heard some people really like this one. Um, I don't. Robbie, do you know, do you know what is only four episodes away? Is it the bar rag episode, Matt? It is. <laughs> We're getting close. We're getting close to the bar rag, bar rag episode. Um, I'm going to remind all y'all t- next week about this, but programming note, um, this is episode 498. 499, we'll be doing Holidays of Future Past. Episode 500, big 500 for us. We will be doing just uh, our, our standard holiday mailbag episode, maybe a little bit of reminiscence on uh, our 500th episode and all that. 
Uh, I'll be putting out a call for questions. You feel free to email them or whatever uh, ahead of time if you want. But after episode 500, me and Matt will be taking the rest of December off. Uh, We generally don't take very many weeks off. Uh, I, myself, am incredibly burnt out and run down. I need a break. So we will be, after episode 500, we'll be airing on December 17th. We'll be taking a couple weeks off uh, coming back in January with new episodes 501. Finishing up season 23 and finally and eventually getting to the Barag episode, which Matt seems to be excited to watch, even though from my <laughs> vague memory of it, it is abysmal and is one of those episodes that makes you question reality. So I don't know why he's excited. Maybe because he's mentally ill. I mean, I just can't wait to I mean, I have heard how bad that episode is and I have a perverse joy in episodes that are supposed to be incredibly bad. OK, fair enough. Um, holidays of future past next week watch along with us um, we're about done go to our website simpsonshow.com has links to all the stuff uh, join, subscribe to our subreddit show notes uh, link, link to our patreon is in the show notes support us one or two dollars isn't a lot of money less than a cup of coffee a month and you get a lot of bunch of bonus material and it really helps out the show so we really appreciate all y'all who do that um you can find me online. I'm also on my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. It's R-O-B-B-I-E-D-O-R-M-A-N.com. Links to all my stuff, all my books, all my other podcasts, Colt Video Vault. You should go listen to that. We're on a break until the new year just the same. Um, all that stuff. Go follow me online, all the social medias. My name is Robbie Dorman everywhere. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. No, I spend all of my time taking care of kittens and, you know, helping investigations of certain kittens against other kittens. Uh, to find out more, you can check out kittenturns.org, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S dot O-R-G, uh, the ongoing saga of one of my kittens who is very suspicious of two of my other kittens. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, we'll call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And